Hello everyone, welcome to a special holiday edition of Opera After Dark. It's that time of year where the world falls in love. Every song you hear seems to say Merry Christmas. May your new... Oh, I started too though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. May your new... Yes. <laughs> Hello everyone. Oh, and beautiful. what is that from, Thank you. I think it's just called The Christmas Waltz. Oh. It's just a song. Yeah, that'll do. Weren't we Lovely. listening to this while we were setting up? We were listening to it when we were setting up, so uh, it's, it's now stuck in my head. for the for serenade. So you guys officially, I mean, I think we can disclose that we are recording this on December 10th, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you guys are already listening to Christmas music. It's December. Well, yeah, I've yeah. been listening to Christmas music since November 1st. Oh, so. well, you're crazy. I'm one of those people. I haven't done that. You're a crazy I... Canadian. Yes. There is only one Christmas album that will do for me, and I say that as the Jewish person in this room. Um, <laughs> and that is Simply Christmas by Leslie Odom Jr. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll plug it for him. He doesn't need it, but hey, I'll do it anyway. Uh, he's the voice of an angel. And it's wonderful. Very nice. I was telling Naomi that I feel like every Christmas album is just like a money grab. And I get that. I don't care. I don't care that it's like just, you know, has no artistic merit whatsoever. (laughs) It's just trying to make money. It's beautiful and I love it. There you go. And by the way, my reference to Naomi being a crazy Canadian is due to the fact that Canadian Thanksgiving is before Halloween. So after Halloween... Canadians just jumped to Christmas. Oh, yes. Whereas, when is Canadian Thanksgiving? It's in October. So like the it's second like, weekend of October. It's I think it's parallel with Columbus, Columbus Day. Day here. Oh, okay. It's like the same weekend as Columbus Day. So I always find it. I've always found it very strange. American Thanksgiving, like two turkey festivities so close together like christmas and thanksgiving but then i learned that a lot of americans actually don't eat turkey on christmas they eat ham Ham, yeah or this is what i've been told Mm -hmm. whereas where i grew up like christmas is very much a turkey holiday right so we eat italian food Ooh, Mm -hmm. we do a little bit delicious i think more so we do ham on Mm -hmm. on christmas but we actually also have ham on Thanksgiving, I've got an uncle that is allergic to poultry, so. Huh. Oh well, you have a unique yep. situation. <laughs> we also do on Christmas Eve. We do Mexican food. You know, I'm from from nice. Arizona, from the Southwest. So. Mm-hmm. Oh well, on Christmas Eve we do 100% fish all day, but that's like an Italian Catholic thing, right? Oh yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh really? <laughs> you say that like it's such a bad thing, but fish is delicious. Yeah. So. I do like the fish. Also, we don't have like great Mexican food in Canada. In Canada, it's not. I mean, you can find some really fantastic Mexican food, but it's not a huge part of our culture and history to have like amazing Mexican Mm -hmm. cuisine. Um, I will tell you that even in New York, it's hard to find really good Mexican food. I mean, there's Mexican food around, and some of it is good. But, like, really good Mexican food, it's not as available as you would think. I'm not saying it's All not right. there. 
All right. Hmm. Not All right. as available as you would think. And it's when you find really good stuff, then it's expensive. Really? Well, everything is expensive. We, we're in New York. Right, right. Just, yeah. But the name of the game. The very nature of Mexican food is it's supposed to be delicious and not expensive. All right, all right. Well, I think we should focus <laughs> focus up. It's been about five minutes of us talking about nonsense. Um, what are we talking about today? We are talking about our favorite holiday music within like the classical music umbrella. Oh, okay. That we tend to listen to over the holidays or that we strongly associate with the holidays for one reason or another. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Who's going to start? I think we should just jump right in. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have a surprise. Maybe. Okay, so I have I have two things prepped. Okay. One is my favorite holiday classical music thing okay. that I listen to ad nauseum pretty much from November 1st through the new year. Okay. And the other is just like a, a really amazing thing that I found that I think all of our listeners really need to hear. So. All right. Shall I start with my favorite? Yes. Okay. So I feel like you could both guess this, but. I don't know if I can. My favorite holiday thing to listen to is. Hansel and Gretel by mm. Engelbert Humperdinck. I Humperdinck. would not. Really? Oh, not I knew I knew that you really oh. liked uh, Hansel and Gretel. I didn't know whether or not you associated it as being a holiday thing. I do associate it very strongly with the holidays. And for some reason, well, I mean, that particular opera is strongly associated with the holidays. And I think it is just because there's like candy and gingerbread houses mm-hmm. in it. It's not that any kind of... December-oriented holiday takes place within the opera, because that's mm-hmm. definitely not the case. But I think just because of the the delicious treats in the opera that play a role in the story, and the fact that a lot of times opera companies do it as like a family opera over the holidays, it mm-hmm. has this strong association holiday with the holiday season. Yes. So, But for me... The especially the overture to Hansel and Gretel is one of my favorite, most delightful things. All right. Well, why don't we so, take a, a listen? To well, before we listen, I'm going to tell you why it's what you should listen for because it's really amazing. Oh, okay. okay Patience, so in the over- Elspeth. Patience. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize that we were getting a. Well, I'll make it quick. a lecture about Hansel. And Gretel. So, <laughs> part of what I part of what I love about Hansel and Gretel is that it is an opera that. Ha- was basically crafted upon Wagnerian techniques, but it's not Wagner. Right. And, and I don't really, te- I tend not to enjoy Wagnerian operas. We've been over this before. and But for some <laughs> reason, this particular work, which is not Wagner at all, but is written by a man who was very enamored with Wagner's compositional techniques. So he has a lot of like reoccurring themes throughout the whole work. But then also... He was just very, very good at creating absolutely delightful music mm-hmm. that like kind of shimmers and shines and sparkles in its own kind of way. It's very charming. And so in the overture, you're introduced to a bunch of different themes that you're kind of introduced to them one by one, and they become important themes throughout the opera. And then the end of the overture, all of the themes like come together in one big like finale section, and they all meld together mm-hmm. in one. So... It's really neat because you get to hear every single one in isolation or developed on its own. And then they all come together in the end of the overture. And then 
you've been introduced to like the most important musical bits that then reoccur throughout the opera. Oh, that's cool. You yeah. know where else that happens? Where? In the Act 1 finale of Hamilton. Boom, I got it in there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll listen to the end of Great. the Hansel and Gretel Overture so that you can hear all of the themes coming together. It's delightful. You know what I randomly love from Hansel and Gretel is what? that the one, isn't it where Gretel is teaching Hansel how to dance or something? Yeah. And that English translation is just horrible. It makes no sense. Oh, really? The English translation. Is it like, with your foot, you tap, tap, tap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In your hand, you clap, clap, clap. It's oh, great, so though, because when the kids One come and see here, it, they're like, yeah, you, you tap your foot, you clap your hands. <laughs> That's how I dance. It's a real complicated dance there, Gretel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's children, Elspeth. Children. I know. I right. Know. So what's your All next, right. Naomi? Well, I think I should save my surprise to the end, my okay. my tidbit. I want to hear the rest of yours, then we'll we'll close out the episode with my... Okay. My nugget, my secret nugget All treasure. Right. My secret nugget. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good secret nugget. I was trying to say like, kind of, you know, like people say in television shows, there's like Easter eggs, but I'm like wrong holiday. Uh-huh. So it's like a... A present? A Christmas nugget. It's like a hidden A stocking hidden stuffer? Sure. My, my gift to all of you. <laughs> Onwards we go. <laughs> A roasted chestnut. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Too much. Too far. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, 
Am I am I going? Next? I don't know who's next. Sure. You want me to go next? Okay. So I have I have two. Mm-hmm. My first one I'm just gonna um, just tell you it's uh so the composer Camille Sanson wrote um, a Christmas oratorio for choir and orchestra and I think like five soloists. Um, and it's really famous for the big organ solo that opens the whole thing. And it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful, wonderful, like happy thing. And I really like listening to it, especially at Christmas time. So why don't we just take a listen to the, I don't know, the organ solo at the beginning. beginning. Lovely. Lovely. So my other um, choice is not really a Christmas thing, but okay, let me preface this. So you know how everybody has those couple of movies that if they're on TV, no matter what you're doing, you're just going to like stop and, and watch them. Mm-hmm. Do you right? mean holiday movies or movies in general? Just movies in general. Oh, yeah. So things like, you know. For me, it's like if The Princess Bride is on TV, oh, yes. you're going to watch like The Princess Bride because it's yes. a great movie. I almost referenced uh, that earlier with Humpadink. Humpadink, Humpadink, Humpadink. <laughs> I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> so it's like this great, uh, Princess Bride is a great movie, but that's not the movie I'm talking about. Um, the movie that I will always watch if it's on TV, one that I actually own on DVD, even though we have a DVD player that I believe is broken because we never used it. Right. Um, it's all digital now. It's all digital. Is Moonstruck. I knew you were going to... love when you, Moonstruck. When you said, uh, <laughs> you know, we all have movies that we, that we have to watch. I was going to say, for you, it's Moonstruck. It's Moonstruck. <laughs> I love Moonstruck. I, I love... Think- I think Everything you're like about one of the only people that that is one of your I have to watch it if it's on movies. It's Moonstruck. I don't think that's true, but fine. Um, I uh. love I love Moonstruck. I love just everything about it, how New York feels and looks and Cher is so good in it. And it's like Nicolas Cage before we all knew that Nicolas Cage is like crazy. Uh, and it's so great. But um, so Boheme features very prominently oh, yeah. in does, Moonstruck. Yeah. Boheme is basically the soundtrack. And there's the one scene where she gets like all dolled up for their date. And, you know, he's like, I love two things in this world, you and the opera. So she's like, meet me at the Met. Um, 
And it starts with the the intro to Act Three, with like ba dum ba 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 and all of that. And she comes up, and you see him turn around. They're in front of the fountain. It's like freezing cold, and they go into the Met, and she sees Boem, and she starts crying and everything, and just. I always associate it with um, Christmas time because the movie takes place um, around Christmas time and it's like there's snow everywhere and everything's done up for the holidays and it just like a bohem makes me think of Christmas. And so I thought we could listen to something from the soundtrack of Moonstruck. We can listen to the act one duet, the and I think oh, in... So um, Mm-hmm. I think in Moonstruck they use a recording with uh, an old recording with Carlo Bergonzi and Renata Tobaldi. So let's just take a listen to that. Nicholas Cage impersonation from Moonstruck about when he's talking about his brother. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his. Oh, it's so good. Oh, was that was that your impersonation, Elspeth? Uh, it's Elspeth. The one, the person that's my person in Moonstruck is the grandfather. The one that yeah, walks around going, La Bella Luna. La Bella Luna. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly I, I adore this grandfather because he is like, if my Italian grandfather could speak English, which he does not, mm-hmm. but if he could, then the grandfather in Moonstruck is like my grandfather 100%. Aww. Like, head to tail. My grandfather walks around outside with like his little hat on and... <laughs> He's, like, obsessed with walking the dog, or he used to be obsessed with walking the dog. And so when I first saw Moonstruck, I was like, oh, it's my nonno. <laughs> you guys need to, everybody listening out there that hasn't seen Moonstruck, you should add it into your holiday viewing list. Oh, yes. 
it's so it's good. good and don't like shy away from it because you know it stars Cher. Cher's amazing in it. She won an Oscar. Ah. For yeah. Moonstruck. Everybody's so good in it. And it's like New York that way that everybody imagines New York should be. Like that old style Brooklyn and mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. And it's operatic. Like it has a huge operatic tie-in. So our listeners should definitely Yeah, I mean check the score is basically Boheme mm-hmm. and um that's Amore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sung by Dean Martin. So, <laughs> Which we've already included in the podcast. So in, a, in last season. Um, right. So, yeah, everybody listen to Moonstruck. It's, I, it's not meant to be a holiday film, but it's like my favorite holiday movie. You know what else is like that? I that I, I didn't what? know this until I saw it for the first time recently? Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas what? film. Yes, it is. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Oh. And they have I did so not many... see that coming. The first one, yeah. Yeah, and I think that one, ha- I think it's Ode to Joy is what keeps reappearing throughout the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has, uh, what's the name of the actor that plays Severus Snape? Alan Rickman. Yes, Alan Rickman is the bad guy. Uh, Hans oh. Gruber. Yeah, and... Hans Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bruce Willis is John McClane. Oh, oh it's too man. good. It's like kind Tired. of... It's kind of like funny. I mean, in retrospect, it is. A, I, it is not a bad movie, but it's kind of funny. It's not a bad movie. Watching it in hindsight, it's like very eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your holiday pick? Is it yeah, my back turn? To, for it's your picks? turn. Can yeah. I guess? Um. Sure. Hallelujah chorus from the Messiah. Damn, that is one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> as Kyle. you guys know, my gateway into opera and classical music really was choral music that was Mm -hmm. my gateway and so growing up in a bunch of different choirs that i was in i mean i feel like everybody does the hallelujah hallelujah chorus everybody does the messiah pretty much Mm -hmm. and so the hallelujah chorus is one that i don't know it's just i associated with christmas definitely and it's so much fun to sing as a tenor like if you're just a really yeah. obnoxious tenor, oh my gosh, the so many high notes in the most obnoxious <laughs> way. It's great. I like the tradition about it too, like how mm-hmm. in, when the Hallelujah Chorus starts, everybody stands up, mm-hmm. and that's just like a known thing. And even if you're not a classical music person, that's a part of the tradition that you can still pick up on. And similarly, it's a gateway for people into, I I like that about some of these Christmas pieces. It's a way where the general public that would not otherwise listen to classical music, it's the time of year where they listen to classical music. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's very true. And on the same wavelength, another one of my favorite holiday pieces or works is the Nutcracker. Yay. The Nutcracker. Let's listen to the Nutcracker. Well, what part of the Nutcracker? Should yeah, that's it's a big word. Well, so, so, what's your favorite part? Bit, well, another one of my favorite things about it is that you listen to the Nutcracker as somebody. If you listen to it as somebody who's not into classical music, and it's surprising how many of the themes you already know, just from yeah. like your day to day life, or that whether they're in Christmas movies or in car commercials or whatever else. Um, but I think my favorite is the the dance of the sugar plum fairies. 
I knew you were going to say that. Right. That's like the tried and true. When you hear it, you're just like, mm. but as far as seeing the actual Nutcracker in its entirety, I don't think, mm-hmm. I think I saw that for the first time, like in the past five years. That wasn't something that my family did growing up. And I, I wish that it was. Mine, yeah. mine either. I think I saw it. I think I've only seen the Nutcracker once and it wasn't here. I would love to see it here. I feel like it's yeah. such a. An insti- Christmas institution. Last year? I've never seen it here or anywhere, like, front or start to finish. No, so. we should go. Last year I saw go. it at City Ballet, and it was really good. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to, like, taper your expectations for the audience because it's, like, a lot of kids. And mm-hmm. for those of us snobs that, like, actually like to focus and listen in, you have to get past the fact that it's not your typical audience. Mm-hmm. But it's great. It's an awesome production. And people, if you're listening and you have kids, take them to go see the Nutcracker. Take them. That's like such an yeah. easy entry point, especially for kids on classical music. Yeah. And I think that if you're scared to take them to the ballet because you're worried they won't pay attention, um, I think that they will if for no other reason that there are kids on stage pretty much the majority of yes, the time. That's right. true. It's really easy for them to identify if they see... Um, Oh God! What's the word I'm looking for? Contemporaries. Yeah, yeah, peers on, on the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, peers. That's a better word for yeah. it. Because the main, <clears throat> the main character in the Nutcracker, Clara. Clara. She's, you know, usually around ten years old. Mm-hmm. Like the. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit older, older but like she looks around ten, twelve, um, and it's a child ballet dancer that plays that that role. I watched a whole documentary about with one of the ballet companies, like all about casting Clara. So nice. it's very cutthroat to, I'm to get that role. Really, really so. Let's listen to some of the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. And fun fact, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies uses the Celesta. <gasps> A Celesta. In the orchestration. the Celesta. I can totally mm. <laughs> rock out. Right. Rock out to a Celesta. That's another point. If, so when you're not in an awesome arts community like New York, you find that some companies, just because of the means that they have or, or whatever their situation is, they can't do the Nutcracker with a live orchestra. 
Mm. which to me kind of kills it. <laughs> so if you are going to see the That's Nutcracker, fair. make sure you look in to make sure it's a live orchestra because mm, nothing's yeah. worse. And I can say from experience, <laughs> oh, no. you show up for a performance of the Nutcracker and you're like, no, no, no orchestra? It's terrible. Well, then there's also like no room for error too because then if they're dancing to like a, a set track. Yeah. Right. Oh, that well, seems I right. I wonder if that's or... better for them because because it's the same every time. It's the same every time, and yeah. if it's everything has to be so like t- so timed rhythmically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. The I think ballet orchestras, yeah, it's a little bit different than playing either a, a regular orchestra that's or true. even an opera orchestra. But for me, that adds to the artistry. You know that. Yeah. That oh, for sure. But generally speaking, there's nothing like hearing a live ensemble no, like recordings can never approximate a live the feeling of a live ensemble yeah yeah so yeah well naomi you have a special surprise for yes us. Okay, okay so to start elspeth you need to close your eyes okay <laughs> <laughs> and if okay. kyle can't see this from where he from where he is so um but just listen and then you can tell me if you can pick out who this is, okay? This is our little holiday treat. I really feel like Opera After Dark audiences need to hear this. Oh, do I know? Oh, shoot. Oh, Jesus. What is this? Just hold on. That's why her eyes are closed. Do you remember me? Keep your eyes closed. That's a kid that I went to high school with. Oh, I remember that sweater. Gosh. My my mom just won't give up on this. That's exactly how I found it. I know. That's how everybody finds it. Mom. It sounds good. Oh my god. Alright. Naomi, tell people what we're listening to slash watching, which we're going to put on the internet oh, when this Jesus. episode is. <laughs> I'll be proud of this. <sighs> Wait. It's, I'm that's pretty good. sure it's auto tuned, so. Everyone, that's Kyle! That was me when I was like. 18 years old. You look exactly the same. Yeah. I know. So Kyle's mom posted this video on on Facebook, and then when I saw the post, I was like, what? Really? And so I clicked on it, and then I was like, what date is this? Because he looks, for the record, almost exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> I was like, he could not have done this recently. It's true. I was a man-child. <laughs> I... When I was 18, I looked the exact same as I look now. 
It's so cute. It's and that really Christmas cute. tree is very beautiful. I know, and the camera work is really nice. Like, it, like, you know, zooms around him as he's, like, singing into the microphone. It's like an old Hollywood-looking microphone. Can listen to him more? Yeah, oh, yeah, we can gosh. listen to him more. What can you do? What can you do? Kyle singing the high part, everyone. I can tell you're singing in the mask because your nostrils are flaring. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too. Is that it is kind of a half dream of mine to sing in a boy band at some point in my life. So, I well, you like need some more people. This is just showing. But I think, you'd, I think you'd be great in a yeah. boy band. Oh, oh yeah, you'd be fantastic. I mean, in you a might boy have aged out at this point. But I know. It's it's a small a it's band. a small window. A man band. Yeah. <laughs> a man band covering boy band songs. Yes, oh. I would be into that. I feel like this could be a thing. All right. Well, if I put Dillo backstreets back. Yes, exactly. <gasps> if I put yes. it together, I'll let you know. Okay. Look, oh, don't worry. I'll find out about we it. All have embarrassing, <laughs> it we all have embarrassing things that are probably floating around the internet. I know. Now I need to go on a search to find embarrassing shit that you guys did. Well, I can tell you. You're probably smart enough not to put it on the internet. I didn't put this on the internet. Somebody else did. Ah. Um, and actually, um, so it was a concert I did many years ago when I first came to New York by this Greek composer whose name I don't remember. And it might be, uh, he's not listening to this. It might be, whatever. Um, <laughs> the worst music that I've ever sung in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds horrible. And I think you can tell in the video that I'm just pissed that I took this gig. Um but it paid so whatever it was with an orchestra Ugh, terrible the orchestra sounded like shit um and he posted it on youtube and the soprano told me about it because she and i were in the same boat and we like reached out to youtube and we're like we did not authorize him to <laughs> film nice. this or use our names you have to take this down and they never responded so i'm like 90 percent sure that it's still out there so look it up if you want it's terrible i fully admit it <laughs> what do i search um, elspeth davis shitty greek composer song <laughs> You might have to just search my name on YouTube and it'll come out. Oh. But if you'd like to visit my website, hey. which is just myname.com, the uh, videos are much better. Nice, <laughs> there you go. Nice. So use that as a, as a, a judgment of, uh, of what I'm like. No, but, um, we're right. just going to use the shitty video. That's... That's fine. You can find it. You can post it. You can do it every... I mean, don't post it because I don't want this guy to get any more recognition than he already oh, has. Gotcha. But. The thing is, the Greek community, especially in Queens, like really supported and really well funded. But the worst, yeah, the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Nice. Well, yeah, and I've done caroling in like Victorian costumes. Oh, that yeah. that sounds amazing. Way this is way worse. That the caroling was actually kind of fun. Hey, at uh, least your at least your mom doesn't keep posting it every year on on Facebook. That's true. I don't know if my mom's ever seen it. <laughs> and she's not on Facebook, so. So do you guys, before we wrap up talking about holiday things, 
Mm-hmm. Do you guys have movies that you have to watch in December? I usually go over to our friend's house and we dig down and watch like the worst Hallmark Christmas movies oh, that we can yes. because I just find it like wildly entertaining to make fun of them. Yes. <laughs> and they're all so terrible. They right, are, right. They're really terrible. <laughs> I think it's like um, intentional so I like though. To do that. I think if, if Hallmark like increased the quality of their product, people would be like, wait, this isn't a Hallmark movie. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's Hallmark. It's like a very specific genre. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. And it's all crappy. Yeah. And they kiss at the very end, and that's an indication that they're going to like be together forever. Immediately get married, <laughs> even though they've known each other for 40 minutes. Right, right. right. And have just kissed, not like lived together or anything Hey, that's like very that. operatic. It is very operatic. That's true. I and see yet, you. I somehow I find love it. you. I must have I find you. It a little bit more believable in an opera for some reason. <laughs> or you've already suspended your disbelief. Your disbelief yeah. enough because people are singing instead of talking. Right. So you're just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Naomi? Got I it. don't have an actual movie that's like extremely strongly associated with the holidays for me or one that like we always had to watch. But I will say, um, on the Hall- Hallmark movie train, one of my like <laughs> most strongest holiday movie memories of recent years is Elspeth very excitedly showing me, is it Prince for Christmas? A princess yes. for Christmas. A princess for Christmas. Oh my god! I don't feel like I've seen <laughs> and this is a Hallmark that. movie, right? This, I guess it was a Hallmark, a Hallmark film. Um, it is. So um, the way we found it is right after Outlander came out. We of course looked up Sam Hewen to see like other stuff that he had been in because oh. he's so great in Outlander, right? Um, and it hadn't been a whole lot, but one of the things was something called A Princess for Christmas, and I saw that and I was like, oh man. So I tracked it down, um, and he plays the prince in, I don't know, it's like a made-up town in whatever. Because he's actually English, right? He's not... No, he is Scottish. Oh, he is Scottish. He is Scottish. In this, he is English. It's very Um, strange because he talks in, like, an American... Or does he talk in a British accent? He's English. He's English. Right. But the, the woman who stars, who becomes the princess... It's Irish, but she has an American accent, and it's the worst thing ever. It just adds to the amazingness of this film. Nice. Um, Sir Roger Moore is in it, mm. <laughs> and it is. So I'm like, I can't. I'm not overselling this when I say it is the worst slash most amazing thing <laughs> that I've ever seen in my entire life. So, one of my favorite Christmas movies, one that uh, probably my most favorite. And we can wrap up with something from this because I there is a song in it. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Aww. I mean, I like the cartoon version, but I also mm-hmm. I love the Jim Carrey version. It's well, so much what, fun. What song? I guess there are multiple songs. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly, I'm not referencing the Cindy Lou Who "Where Are You Christmas." <laughs> I am referencing the "You're a Mean One." Mr. Mr. Grinch. Grinch. Well, let's end on that. Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty iconic and famous thing. Um, so hope everybody has a happy holiday, regardless of what you're celebrating or where you are. And we'll see you in 2018. We oh will. Happy holidays. Oh, my God. Happy holidays. 
Happy New Year. Do whatever it is you like doing. Mm -hmm. As long as it means listening to Opera After Dark. Exactly. I'm Elspeth. I'm Naomi. I'm Kyle. Bye. And we'll see you next year. Bye. Bye. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Given the choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch. You're a nasty, wasty skunk. Your heart is full of unwashed socks. Your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. You're a rotter, Mr. Grinch. You're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable, mangled up in tangled up knots. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch, with a nauseous super nos. You're a crooked jerky jockey and you drive a crooked horse, Mr. Grinch. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. Bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. We didn't talk about Elf. Find your dad. That was another favorite, yeah. Just as a little tidbit, uh, post Grinchy song, you all should know that every time we record and we say bye, <laughs> it follows up with a bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. We hope, <laughs> you, hope find you find your dad. your dad. From the movie Elf. Now Yay! you know. Now you know. The magic behind the scenes. Indeed. The magic behind Opera After Dark. <laughs>